Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe, and this is KMA episode number 460, broadcasting from sunny South Florida. And as always, I'm here with my trusted gang, the Italian scallion himself, the man we call Shameless Paul. I like Hi. that. It rhymes, the man we call Shameless Paul. Hmm. I like that. Great. Let's not move thrilled, on. Not thrilled. And the man himself, known he's the antithesis of the Paul, the goat. <laughs> the antithesis. The Paul antithesis. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. How we doing? Uh, it's the uh, Saturday morning in South Florida. We can't complain. No, it's it's actually pretty nice out. The last the last week has been almost cool in the mornings, like just under 70, beautiful. We took a bike ride. My daughter and I took a bike ride this morning. It was amazingly cool. It was super You nice. just go around your neighborhood or do you go outside the gates of the compound? Um, this morning we were doing more of a workout than a casual ride. So we do like, you know, okay. six laps around the community, which is basically like a couple miles, you know. Yeah. You know. So but I just get bored when I go in go, circles. Well, I mean, you know, we like we weren't. I mean, it, it's got you, you. You got a fairly big community. It's not like it's, it's not a yeah, short. But it's loop. one big yeah, circle, it's isn't loops. it? It's yeah. turns. It's turns. It's, it's like it's like a figure eight. Okay. Actually, it's a figure eight. Oh yes, you're right. There's two big circles, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like a figure eight. Um, okay. but like if we go on like you know like casual rides we because if you come out of our complex and you go left man there's really nice riding down there you start going into horse and ranch country yeah you know so. yeah and then you see the the horse stables that are nicer than any house i'll ever be able to afford pretty much yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah well cool yeah it sounds like you were off to a good start yeah well you know trying to trying to stay alive that, that's the new slogan try to keep living yeah, that's good, man. That's we've, we've been doing walks in my house during sometimes in the morning, sometimes walks at night in, after dinner. In your house? No, no, oh, at my house, like outside. Okay. So we've been I, taking I, the kids and the dogs out for walks, and it's been good. The boys really seem to like it. So Axel actually even walks, but Eli walks for like, you know, uh, half of the trip, and then he jumps in the stroller and he, you know, plays with a toy. Can you keep up it, with Axel? It's not bad, bro. Of course really? I can keep up with Axel. That's not bad. I was telling you last night, you got about probably two more years before he outgrows you. It might be true, man. He is he is growing pretty quickly. <laughs> Speaking but, of uh, which, you got the boys today alone. You were telling me you 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 got you solo with the boys today. Alex, me? who me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Every Saturday, usually every most Saturdays for a couple hours, which is uh, you know. Is that the threshold? Is that the Tavella threshold? A couple oh, yeah, hours long? A couple hours. Yeah, four, are you going to take them out? 
Of course, you have to take them out. The car ride to where the further the better. It kills time. The car rides the freedom. The, yeah, the oh, yeah. you want to go to you want to go to Jupiter? Great, half yeah, hour right. in the car. Oh, come on, let's go to the Miami Science Museum. That's that's <laughs> you know, it's two hours and change in the car killed. What do you what do your kids do in the car? Do they watch like an iPad or they play toys or what do they? Yeah, Carmine like, watches his the... iPad and the baby. I don't know. Does whatever he does. He does. But he but know. he doesn't freak out. No, 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 no. More often than not, he'll fall asleep. Nothing wrong with that. My kids are 50 nope. 50. It really depends. In a car? Yeah, the Axel's fine, but like Eli gets bored. So he, I mean, he's two now, so he does get an iPad, but like, you know, there's not much he can do on it except watch right. a movie or, you know, or watch YouTube Kids, uh, which is super locked down. So he can't watch, you know, fun stuff. But which we learned about with Axel because I think we talked about it on the show, but one time, I don't know. I didn't know about YouTube kids when Axel first started watching an iPad and I walk over to him and he's watching some like uh, Brazilian dance show with, with women in like big thong bikinis, like shaking their asses to like music. And he's you just had him on there regular watching. YouTube. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I mean, I was proud one, but God, if your mother sees this, I'm a dead man. Right, You're in trouble. So we, we immediately locked down and found out how to, how to do, uh, how to do YouTube. But, uh, yeah. Either of you guys into Bitcoin? <laughs> I'm no. not currently, no. Paul? Have Paul, you been you, in? So Paul, you seem like you'd be a Bitcoin guy. You know what? I'm a very uh aggressive investor with with like people that know what they're doing, like a financial advisor, and I invest pretty heavily in the stock market, but not only long stocks. Like I don't I don't take any of those like crazy risks. So no. Bitcoin, I, I don't have anything against it. I just, I'm afraid of it because I don't understand it. And do I really want to take, you know, half my day to learn it for six months? I don't know. It seems so. Why do, you, why do you ask? Do you know some people that have uh, that have lost fortunes this week? You know, I, I, I know a lot of people because everybody around me was telling me to get into them earlier. I don't know what their position was this week, but, you know, it did take a bath this week. And it, it bought, you know, Coop mentioned it. You know, we had um, we had a guest right when Bitcoin was starting to get popular. We had a guest on KMA. Yeah, he's and an it, he's a Bitcoin author. He he wrote a whole a whole novel about the uh, the blockchain that it's based off of. I guess it was the first time ever. The only the first and only time I ever like literally hung up on a guest. Like. <laughs> He, we spent listen that was i didn't realize i went back and watched it that was a 30 minute interview it wasn't a short i can't interview. believe it was that long it was long man and you know why it was so long because in the 30 minutes he never addressed the one question right you kept asking the same question over and I over again right i wanted to know where all the money goes and then what happened what, what protects it you know and he just never never answered that question so coop brought it up what it goes well, when you when you buy Bitcoin, yeah. right? Or when you buy Bitcoin to invest or have it to use to spend, money goes somewhere. To the person that sold you the Bitcoin. Okay, the company, the person, right? Well, who's who's watching that money? What do you mean? It's like, their money. I get it. It's their. Well, it's not their money. No, it is. Okay, so okay, so let me ask something. It's like a stock. It's like a stock. For I, you I to sell it. a stock, somebody has to buy it. 
I get it like a stock, but the, the, the financial institution has that money and you have a representation of what, whatever the stock you buy, you have the paper worth. The money's there. No, it doesn't work that way. The financial, fin even in a stock, the financial institution doesn't have your money. The person who sold you, who. Well, yeah, that's sold. true. The, the, the stock, yeah, the, the company, yeah. the what corporation saying, has your what money. What I'm saying is at the end of the day, there's regulation. If that's you have stock, if you have stock, whatever the value is, or if you have money in a bank, when you want your money, you'll get it. This you're is not, true. You're, you're not, not going uh, to go not. and sell your stock and not be able to get your money. Why are you shaking your head? That's true because that's not true. Give me an example. Of how if, I, if, if I have 2,000 shares of Apple right now and I want to sell it, I can sell it. Sell it at what price? We're not talking about the I'd value. Asking price. We're just saying the money. Listen, we're not talking about the value. We're just saying the money's there. You'll get your money, whatever the value is, up, down, whatever. The money is there based on who's willing to buy your stock. When you sell a stock, there's somebody on the other end buying it. That's not correct. That's not true. It's not true. Yeah, case. you have to add, you bid you bid for somebody to sell. Right. You you sell and you put a bid out way. there, and then somebody. Yeah. So so here is so the the, I guess the gift and the curse or the gamble is, it's not regulated. So. Well, that's that's, that's my whole point. But but that's the gift and the curse. Yeah, you know, yeah, regulated is what what does regulated mean? You know, the government gets their end in some way or another. So that so yes, so there's this gamble that yeah, it's not regulated and suddenly this shit could just go poof. But there's also the you know, yes, I have value. I'm, I'm, I'm with house. It has it has all the elements of a Ponzi scam and <clears throat> sooner or later uh, same thing sooner or later, a good chunk of people are gonna take it up the rear and it's gonna, you know. It eventually has got to be regulated, man. Who's who's insuring? Listen, didn't it happen last year? Some company disappeared with like $300 million. Really? There I was mean, an I article, there was an article last year. I read it. $300. They had three, they, 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 they had $300 million, some big number, and gone. Gone. And whoever bought Bitcoin with Bernie them, Madoff gone. style. Gone. That's the problem. Where what stops that? Yeah, there, there's there is no right, but that's the whole point of it that there is no regulation. Right. It was a good episode. Well, Dave, I think, that's I think that's the other thing we were talking about. Like, if you if you have fifty million dollars in Bitcoin, how long does it take for you to sell that? To you know, because there's limitations on how much you can, how much money you can take out at one time, and I, that that's another concern with it. So I don't know. So wait a minute. 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 Because I want to. I, I just want to address something. Because not to get on. Because I'm not really a Bitcoin guy anyway. But so, it's a pyramid where only the whales win because they control the price. Who then Daniel agrees with? I, I think that's. Tell me I think how, that's the whole stock market pretty yeah, much. Tell me how that's any. Yeah, that's than the yeah, that's eighty percent of the stock yeah, market. So we yeah, can argue that's about, capitalism. about Bitcoin and you know not being in this and that, but that that argument is is you know tell me how. Yeah, that's, that's the system the in general. Yeah, anyway. it's not. It's not. But what, but what did you want to say? The I argument could be made. Was that was that, was, oh, was that what you wanted to say? That's, how that's not a valid oh. argument. I mean, the stock no, no. market works the same way. You know, it's the but the it's the retail investors who take it in the ass in the stock market. 
but the the argument can be made that the SEC is there for at least some kind of oversight to make sure that you know there's not insider trade. I mean, obviously, listen. There he, is. He, he, here's my main issue with with the current regular stock market stocks, right, or commodities. You have SEC, you have regulation, you have whatever, and they're still scamming the fuck out of people and blowing up <laughs> stock. How? What the fuck's going on in an unregulated one? <laughs> And, you know? and and Tim's right. NFTs are a whole other thing that I don't understand. A picture represents. I, I I just don't even I don't even get it. I'm gonna copy and paste that picture if it's worth a million dollars. Then, oh, there's a code associated. Blah 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 blah. It's very it's very strange, man. And it's a it's a it's a maze. It's a well, not a maze. It's like a rabbit hole that I don't want to go down into. There was a funny quote. There's a funny quote um, from the the that episode where the guy literally says, well, you know, it's kind of like emails, you know, they really don't exist anywhere. It's kind of like Bitcoin. It really doesn't exist anywhere. Okay. <laughs> he really said that it doesn't really exist anywhere. I mean, I NFT Bitcoins or, you know, look in any kind of these things, I always believe, you know, there, there are the people who eat and the people who are going to get eaten. Right. And I just think it's, it, it's, they, they just making shit up and blowing it up so people jump on board and people are getting rich and then you know it, it, the hammer is going to hit and then maybe you'll be regulated and you know, i just don't even understand what the need with the bitcoin was and then we, when i watched the episode that was the whole argument the guy was telling me well you could do secure contracts you know if a guy doesn't do his deal you don't get paid i said every major credit card has that same thing you know you can pay by credit card i mean between credit card zelle you know cash app whatever why you're i just don't even understand why you would need bitcoin to buy anything or purchase anything right what do you mean i don't understand that it isn't based on anything real well and i was just going to say the argument could be made for any currency i mean what is the, the u.s dollar based on based anything on. real right yeah it's not based we're off on the gold, gold standard well listen yeah. to me but, but here, here's here's the defense of daniel right the u.s dollar is based on the fact that the government backs it and says that this is what it's worth you know if, if my bank collapses and goes under, the government is insured that I'll get my money that I had in the bank. Not if you bank with Chase. Well, not all, and not all, and not all of it, and not, not if you have a Chase. Well, no, bank. up to a certain amount, yes. Chase is FDIC you, insured. No, they're not. Okay, Alex, that's fine, but most, my majority, majority of banks oh, in not. America are FDIC, FDIC insured. But regardless, that doesn't mean you're going to get all your money back either. But from where, bank? From uh, where? Yeah, yeah with, a, with an FDIC insured bank, it's it's only you know, like you said, it's up to a certain amount. It's a quarter million dollars. I mean, yeah, that's why people have multiple banks. Right. You know. Uh, do you want me to play this little clip? No, no, we kind of discussed it anyway. We're good. Let's oh, uh, okay. We, we got an interesting guest this week. Maybe he can explain Bitcoin to us a little bit better. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's bring on our special guest and hear our Meet Your Maker segment. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. There he is. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. 
beautiful day in South Florida. Let me just tell you, I was starting to get bored with this thing about the the coin, Bitcoin. I just don't understand that. It's the talk of the week, you know. I know, it's, I know. It's what the guys are talking about in the shop, and I was an early investor. I was, I was. I, I just, I like the fact that it was not regulated, and uh, I just like the fact that I can pay with something without the government meaning interfering on that. But then it started going crazy. And I just, you know, there was all these uh, uh, new companies involved and what have you. And I just like, you know, I let it go. Plus, I changed computers all the time. And, you know, I had some pe people that lost their, the, you know, their information. And uh, I had some friends that uh, they stole the they stole the the passwords to the computers and they took all the information. I, you know, I just don't understand that. It's better to have something on my wallet, right? So I can pay for it. So anyway, I I am the wrong person to ask about that. <laughs> I, I, I I thought it was a long shot, but I said maybe maybe Raphael could explain it to us. It, well, you knew you knew the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're 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 a cultured man, Raphael. You never know. I we you know you, I you might know something go right from the beginning. I really felt it was you know everybody has been trying, and it's funny it's funny because Abe was making the point in your conversation that it's not regulated. But I know Abe is against regulations, or I, it seems like some regulations uh, it's okay with. Uh, I just like the government to be out of all of these things. And I think it started because it's a way, as we've been finding out different ways, to get the government out of regulating these things. But, you know, you have risk associated with that. And then it's the whole thing about this uh, new age of... Uh, computers and gadgets and i just it is way too much it moved too fast for me so i i couldn't understand it so just they, to be clear Raphael, I, i'm not against regulation regulation needs to be exist and be done properly and, and, and minimalistically right you know but the problem is we all know there's overreach and everything's trying to be regulated for a profit not its real intention and purpose is to protect people and keep people from hurting people i mean that's really if, if anything needs to be regulated that should be the purpose absolutely you know? absolutely but when they try to regulate your money and you know yeah. watch what you pay with it and what you buy with it and you know and all that i think that's why it started but it it, it just became uh it kept growing and growing and i thought at the beginning it was fairly simple uh but then it, it just got complicated when you got people involved the companies involved with this and selling selling stocks based on that and that's that's what i think uh I just, it lost me. I mean, it really went over my head. Anyways, let's talk about more interesting stuff. Um, stuff that we enjoy. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yes, yes. Raphael, I, you know, we've had you on the show multiple times, and I, I remember a lot from our first interview because we really got to know you on our first interview. Um, I'm not sure if all our listeners and fans really know the history of, of you personally. Um, coming to this country and how you got here uh I, I, you might be tired of saying it but would you just mind sharing because it's really an incredible story can, can yeah. you share how you came to this country yeah well first of all i just want to say i feel part of this show i listen to this show and watch you guys every saturday so for me it's either been the different though is that i would have been at the beach right now sitting with a cigar and a coffee or maybe Maybe it's a little wrong, a little early, but that's okay. It's 5 p.m. somewhere in the world. And the difference is, is either doing that or talking to you guys. So thank you very much. I, I love it. I, I love this thank show. Thank you. 
Uh, thank you. No, listen, uh, my story, which, you know, some people say it's, 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 it's inspiring, but it's basically not very different than many of our families, of our parents, of our uh, grandparents and people that we know that came to this country looking for freedom and opportunity. And uh, so for me, for me, it started back in Cuba in 1980. There was something called the, the Marielle Boat Leaf. And during that time, in the in the uh, summer of uh, 1980, about uh, 125,000 people left Cuba uh, on boats. They opened up. They said, whoever can uh, come and get you guys from the United States or for whatever, you can leave. Uh, you can leave. So uh, we had a friend that went and picked us up, and we spent four days on the sea. How old, were, how old were you at this point? I was 15. I was 15, I tell you. Okay. I... I have a lot of great memories from Cuba. Some are not as good, um, but those I kind of put it beside, behind. And uh, so I was 15. I got on a boat with 300 people. Even to that point, to get to the boat, it was uh, very difficult because they put it. It wasn't, wasn't a big boat. I mean, let's. No, 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 no. You know, when you say 300 people, let's be clear. Yeah, yeah. No, boat. it was. We were like these to each other. You know, it's like living in New York City in an apartment with 300 people, uh, pretty much. And uh, no water, no food, a really bad storm. As a matter of fact, I watched this. There's a great movie, uh, The Perfect Storm. And that's what I felt right where I was into. Maybe it was not as bad, but I tell you, that's how I felt. You know, you got the, the, the wave that really covered the whole boat, and then the boat will come out with, you know, no water, no food. It was really incredible. And I remember one day, Abe, uh, uh, in the morning, that must have been four or five o'clock in the morning, the sun was still uh, uh, starting to come out, and, and we were lost. You know, we had no power on the boat. We were lost in the, in the, in the Strait of Florida, and we saw this amazing big which now now i realize it was not that big but at the moment it looked like amazingly big it was a coast guard and the american flag uh on the sun it was just a so romantic i seen it on movies kind of thing and and then we got helicopters that pick up people from the boat <clears throat> and we were taken to uh to key west so i got to key west may 31st of 1980 i celebrate uh my second birthday that that day so me, it was an amazing experience let me just also ask right this trip typically is like 12 hours 12 12 13 hours right and and how long were you at sea we we were about four days uh four days know, at sea yeah, yeah we got lost uh the boat uh um uh, the the motors uh, broke uh no communication it was a bad storm and uh, we were lost on the sea you know do you look back on that and just say it's amazing that you lived let me let me just yeah. tell you, i i give thanks truly i mean this is it's this is true uh i wake up every morning and the first thing that i i do is give thanks to my parents that had the, the courage to get in that boat i you know think about us Think about our age and you know you guys are younger you know but uh, uh but uh abe and i are a little bit older think about putting your family in a boat we're, like that. we're wiser we like to say we're <laughs> well, wiser, we're wiser. Some, well don't ask my wiser. wife she, she she will she will not agree with that statement but anyway um especially since i'm smoking wow. here 
But anyway, um, it, you know, think about that. If we getting putting our family in into a boat right now to get out of the country, not knowing where you're going to find in the other side, going to a country that we have some family and some relatives and some friends, but not speaking the language, not having any money, perhaps dying in the in the in the journey. Uh, but that tells you about the human ability to fight for freedom and for opportunity for the kids, right? So every morning, the first thing that I do, and I, this is something that I do every single morning, wake up, give thanks to God and my parents for doing that and for this amazing country that has given us <laughs> what an opportunity. I mean, wow. just just imagine, and this is what, you know, when, when, when you see this younger generation, new generation talk about socialism and communism and whatnot, imagine what life was that par your parents said that, yeah, we need to do this and get on a boat and risk our lives to come to this country. Yeah, we need to take the biggest risk of our lives. Yeah. And, you know, and then, and then, the hope. and then you have these people who just like think, oh, no, this is a good thing. I mean, look, can you share a little bit with us? What was it like? I mean, you didn't leave at a young age. You were 15. You know, I mean, you, you remember your childhood. What, what was childhood like in Cuba? Listen, I thinking back, it was a great uh, uh, family time. Uh, I was a very happy kid, but uh, we were in difficult, difficult situations. Uh, I don't remember the times that my parents had no food and we still ate. And, and we like, hey, you know, we ate, we... Uh, my parents will hit us, will, will hit us if we didn't eat everything on the plate because they said, you know, how many people are not eating and, and you don't know how much we went to get this a little bit of food, right? So food was, <laughs> was and and uh, and I, I was not, you know, I was a skinny kid. I've been eating. That's why I've been eating <laughs> since I got to this country. I have been trying to put up, you know, all everything that happened before. My mom, and this is uh, something serious. My mom tells me, Raphael, it's been 40 years. Forget it. You ate enough. Uh, that's great. Because, you know, that's, it's, oh my God, I never had this. I remember this. Um, but more than that, it, it was about the freedom uh, of the mind, right? Uh, because when, when my father got here, you know, he he never made a lot of money, and he was the he was the happiest man ever, right? Because he said we are free, and and you can think and you can believe and whatever, and so he let us be whatever we wanted uh, because. We didn't have that opportunity in Cuba when I was 10 years old. How old are you kids right now, Abe? Uh, they are 14 to 7. It's 7 and 14. When I was 10 years old, if I wanted to continue studying, they sent me to the countryside where I have a school that I was only uh, able to see my parents every 21 days. And wow. that was only, that was only if I made my daily goal in the countryside, cutting, I was at the time working on the orange trees and we have to take the orange down, we have to put water on the orange and we have certain things, goal that we have to do every day. If we didn't meet that, I was 10 years old, give me a break. And if I didn't meet those goals, I wouldn't be able to see my, my parents every 21 days and sometimes you know we miss those calls and we have to to do another period of uh without 10 years old think about that think about that your kids 10 years old oh. it's amazing we used to spend every morning about uh 30 to 45 minutes sitting outside the school telling us uh it was uh, called the revolutionary act so we were they would tell us every morning since i remember so me have been six seven eight years old every morning 
why American was bad, what imperialism was bad, and why communism was good. Every single morning. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, they wanted to indoctrinize you. Talking about brainwashing. Uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of like brainwashing, yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know what? I talk to a lot of American friends, right? I talk to people from here that have been blessed. You, you know, you guys have been blessed. You know, we, we, you know, I hear complaints, right? The pandemic and this and that. I said, let me tell you, this is nothing. We are free and we have to fight for our freedoms. Because, you know, once they take one little freedom away, it never comes back. It never comes back. So we know what it is because it's all about the philosophy. It's, it's all about the philosophy that I know what is good for me and my family or the government telling us, oh, by the way, I'm sorry, you're wrong. You have no idea what, you're, what you and your family need. I will tell you. I have to tell you, when I came here was on the, during the, not to get into politics, but I I, uh, I remember Reagan later on became the president. And one of the things that he's, he always said that I, for me was amazing, one of the lines that I remember it was from the speeches is like, uh, well, two lines. First is, listen, uh, we are the government. There's nothing more scary like we are the government. We're here to help you. <laughs> what are the, what that is? Right, uh, right. That is a line. And then another line which uh, I take very seriously because I feel American. I love this country. And one of the best days of my life was when I became an American citizen. And one line that he said is in in one of his last uh, last speeches, uh, Reagan said, "Listen, you can live in Japan for forty years." and never be Japanese. You can live in France for 20 years, never be French, but you can live in the United States for any period of time and you can be an American. And that, let me tell you, that only happens in America. And uh, what a what an amazing, what an amazing opportunity to be here. How old were you when you officially became a citizen? Well, you know, I was able to get uh, to be a citizen uh, right five years after I got here, but I never did. Oh, great. I, yeah, but I never did because I always wanted to go back to Cuba. That was my dream. Really? I really wanted to. So I was a resident. I never wanted to become. It was an issue to travel. As a matter of fact, in the date of 9-11, uh, I was at the French consulate that morning uh, getting a visa to go to France uh, because I you know, had a residence, so I had to get... Uh, uh, a re-entry permit. I had to get a visa. Right, you were a per you were a permanent resident. So you, exactly. yeah. So every exactly. time you travel outside the U.S., yep. But that day, when I saw that happen, I said, "Listen, I want to become a citizen of the United States because I will die for this country." And then I started my paperwork there, and uh, I became uh, a citizen uh, when I was 33 years old. So I spent for 18. I must. I could have been a citizen when I was 21, uh, but I really. I really thought, hey, listen, I'm going to be able to go back to Cuba. I'm going to be, you know, able to help the country. Help you thought the situation would change and you would end up going back. Listen, my first cigar company that I started, I, I named it Habana Cuba Cigar Company. I said, you know, hey, this is how, you know, this is, it cannot last. It really cannot last. And man, was right. I wrong. And by the way, <laughs> a lot of people, every single Cuban that came in from 1959, 60, 61, they all thought, hey, this is temporary. We're going to be able to go back right away. And then life happens, and then you see it's not going to happen. And if I was going to die for a country, it was going to be for the United States. So I I, I became, and Kaisa was, uh, became a, um, a citizen the same day. We, we uh, 
uh, we did the pleasure of the league on the same day in Miami Beach. What an amazing day! Did he bring was. swag? <laughs> uh, he was he was like giving Gurkha stuff to everybody. I bet you he had the best packaging yeah. in the whole courthouse. <laughs> yeah, that seemed pretty much. But what an amazing thing becoming a citizen. Now I'm a citizen of Spain as well. So, you know, for oh. not having, you know, I'm a citizen of Cuba, although I don't have a passport. I, I just don't want to have a passport from Cuba. But I'm now a citizen of Spain and a no, citizen of the United States. It's amazing. I love this guy. Wow. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> so, listen, is, I, I, want to spend, I want to spend the first hour really talking about you and your progression. And this hour two will get a little bit more about your tenure and what's going on in the cigar industry when you when you landed in key west what's the first thing you remember oh let me tell you like if it was today first of all after being all these days on the on the sea right with no was your, i'm sorry i gotta ask i interrupt you but the questions just keep popping in my right head. there right there was, was there food no food no water the first day we had i mean they had they well, they expected a 12-hour ride, yeah. yeah a few, few, you know, a few hours. But then the storm came in, and, you know, the captain and the people that, that helped us said, listen, there's a storm coming. We don't want to stay here. Because then we were afraid that they might be able to leave or not. It was, you know, uh, we were all afraid of that. And and we were 20 family members and friends. And, uh, and the government put 280 people from prisons and mental institutions in the boat. Um, yeah, so they wanted to show the world that you have to be either crazy or or were a criminal to leave that communist paradise. So, uh, and that's why in 1980, I don't know if you remember, and that's where the movie Scarface came out and all those things. Because yeah. in fact, if you were in prison and you were in jail, and they will ask you, hey, do you want to stay here for 40 years uh, prison term or you want to go to the United States? Well, <laughs> I mean, what an answer. And uh, those people, they put it directly in the boat. And so we, you know, we decided to leave. So no food, no water. You have to do your own necessity right there standing. You can, you know, there was no space. Uh, thanks God, the water, wow. you know, the sea will clean that up immediately. Wow. And uh, people were sick. I mean, you know, you know physically sick because the the the, the waves were maybe 10 11 uh, feet high and down and, and they're just they're just throwing up on people oh on your own clothes i mean that clothes oh, we got here God. the first thing is uh we uh, thank you jeff uh let me just tell you uh the first thing they did when we got there to key west and that's why i love key west i go all the time they gave us an apple and a coca-cola very very cold coca-cola let me tell you Heaven, I never seen an apple in my life. I never, well, I've seen it in movies and what have you. You grew I never, up and never had an apple. Those are those are luxuries that, you know, we didn't have. It's not a fruit from there anyway, you know. It's, uh, you know, have we don't have apples them, yeah. in the, the winter. Is, is, yeah, but we don't have that type of fruits. But i never seen, uh, well, now you can buy apples anywhere in the world, uh, you know, uh, any country in, in, in the Caribbean. But uh, Coca-Cola, man, what an amazing thing. Have that Coca-Cola, uh, you know, the 12 ounces. Uh, it still was the classic Coca-Cola thing. Not the oh, Coca yeah. Thing yet. And, oh, man, what an amazing thing. That was like, oh, wow, we made it to heaven. That was. Uh, My that God. Was Just think about that. Yeah. Little Never, thing. So what, what did you think of your first apple? Oh, let me just tell you, <laughs> I, made, I don't eat. Well, I started eating more apple now because I'm trying to lose weight. 
uh, but I stopped eating apple for for a while. Uh, I still with the Coca Cola, you know. Uh, but uh, especially with the rum, you know, I I do that great mix. But uh, now I started eating apple again, uh, and I said, "Oh my god!" And every single, I have to tell you, every single time that I have the apple, every single time that I have a coke, my mind goes to to that moment. Wow. So after that, did they did they put you in camps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put us in a camp. It's a lot of people, and some of the people came to uh, to the. We were at a camp in Key West, and uh, it was like a military type of camp. They helped us there. Uh, but, but you were basically with a lot of crazy people and <laughs> yeah. and and, and know, basically criminals. The human beings are are amazing, right? So the the spirit of uh, survival and, and 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 then you know moments like this, you get the best out of people, right? So you know we really didn't didn't see at the moment any any problems. Everybody helped each other. Sometimes you know the water or the wind will take you out, and people will hold you. Uh, it was just a uh, and amazing things and you know there everybody behaved i think the problems became later when some of the people went out or they were kept in camp for a long time because they had no place to to leave we were lucky enough we were really lucky that a friend of ours first i'm going to tell you how i got how we were able to live on the boat but when we got here uh, a friend of ours from new york city uh that knew my father say listen you guys come here to new york uh, with also we only spent a few days, three days on the camp, and uh, then came to Miami for one week, and we were we left to New York City after that. Uh, but um, so it's uh, it, it, we were not in the camp for a long time, you know. And but there's some people that were, if you remember, on their I-95 corridor down here in Miami, there were a lot of people put there just because there was no place to. To uh, to house them, right? Uh, until the you know the chari the charities, the um, organizations uh, help uh, help to get us. For example, we got our our um, airline tickets from uh, through a charity organization to go to go to New York City. The idea was to get out of people of Miami, you know, so um, not to have one hundred twenty five thousand people uh, sitting here, you know. Wow. So now you go to New York. You see snow for the first time in your life. Well, it was the like summer. You? It was June. It was June. Well, you eventually saw snow. I eventually saw snow, and I love the snow. I love. Let me tell you, I you know, uh, my wife doesn't like me saying this. My best three years of my life was when I got to New York City. Imagine this. I come from a little town called Ciego de Avila in Camagüey. Very, you know, what I thought it was a city. <laughs> now, now I know it's a small town. And I go to New York City. We get there in the evening. We go to Washington Heights. That's where we live for three years. Um, oh, wow. Let me okay. tell you, people were there all the time on the streets, uh, Dominican people, Puerto Rican people were dancing, were listening to loud music, uh, buildings. For me, that was an amazing thing. Then I started high school and, uh, and then musical school. And I got to know New York City. I know every single subway. I know how you go, whether you say 8th Avenue, you get the A train, you know, the local, the thing. I I took trains for everything. What a freedom. I was perhaps one of the few people at 15 years old that was taking a train at 4 o'clock in the morning. And my parents didn't know any better. Poor, poor thing, poor thing. And, uh, you know, I, nothing happened. Thanks, God. I love the city. And then... Listen, I, I'm a musician. I I started in Cuba, violin, when I was six years old. 
You had you had access. I was going to ask because you said you went to music school. You actually had access to a violin in Cuba. Yes, yes, I did. I did. That I couldn't have been easy. This is another story. This is another story. Say, that couldn't have been easy. No. Well, listen, it was. Here's what happened. I someone. So we don't celebrate uh, Christmas in 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 uh, the Spanish countries. We celebrate now. We do, but uh, as a religious thing. But uh, the give uh, the giving the the gifts and things like that it happens during the three kings day right so this is january 5th and uh, we get uh i got a, a drums a little set of drum i was five years old and i got a little set of drum i love drums and i told my parents i want to go to music school i want to learn drum we go to music school i said i want to play drum and they say no way drums is a capitalism imperialistic instrument the school, the school said this. A school, a school. Wow. But you need to play violin if you want to study music because that's a, you know, from Russia, the working people will play. But I have no idea, you know. And I am six, I am five years old, six years old. I said, yeah, I want to study violin. So they give me a little violin. When you start, your daughter is playing violin. When you are a kid, it cannot be a full violin. You start with either depending on the age, half or a three-quarter. And I started with a three-quarter or a half. I'm not remember very well. And they gave me one, and I started musical school. And my mother told me, if you study violin, you need to finish it. <laughs> I'm, I'm six years old. I, yes, man, my mom will go with my belt sitting next to me for an hour every single wow. day. And I didn't hate it, uh, but I made them suffer because, Abe, you know at the beginning, right? Oh my God! I made my. It's a tough parent. instrument, man. It is. It Ugh. is a tough instru instrument, and uh, I don't care what instrument it is. When your kids are start learning an instrument, yeah. it's torture. Yeah, it is. It is. It now is. I'm <laughs> now I'm blessed. I walk into my house. I'm hearing great piano. I'm hearing violin. If I'm lucky, they're jamming on a guitar. It's it's a blessing now, but, but man, you, the early, but you the suffered early for years. years. <laughs> yeah, well, that's when you know. Now that I'm older, I know the law for the parents, right? Because to suffer that for the for the future of your kids. Because by the way, music, even if you're not going to be a musician, right? And many of our kids will not become a musician, but the music helped them with many things, right? I believe with that. the understanding, with the thinking pattern, with the practice, with the with having the the time every day and the time you put and the dedication, discipline. Yeah, discipline, discipline. That's what I was I, looking I, for. I believe that. It's why. Listen, neither Brandy and I are, are musicians. You know, I mean, there, we, none of us have a musical background, but we wanted that for our kids, and we believed in it. And the worst part is not even just the sound, right? You know, lessons ain't cheap. So then you're paying this money, and you know, you don't understand because you never did music. And like a year later, I'm still hearing squeaking. I'm like, what am I paying for? <laughs> you know, when do they start sounding like they actually can play an instrument? Right, right. <laughs> so wild. It's not like a math tutor, you know what you're playing. Yeah. You like, Holy see. cow, how long before they actually sound like, oh my God, they actually play with, you know, an instrument. It, it, but that know. day when they play a little song, whether it's uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or whatever that is, or a Christmas Mary song. Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh. Exactly. When you they do that and you feel, oh my God, it sounds like heaven. And then 
you know, then ended up. You listen to that for another year. I know. Yeah, I, know, I was going to say that, that was $3,000 to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I seen your videos and I seen your video, your daughter. Then it becomes like, hey, you know, when someone comes home, hey, you know, play this. And, and, and you know, many of the kids, like in your case, your daughter does very well and she plays it and she's happy playing that. I saw, I remember that as a. Uh, that with Alan uh, playing the you know the guitar and uh, when you guys did the the gray smoke and it becomes fun right so it's it's really nice now now it's a blessing and a gift now absolutely now absolutely you know every time I go over to Abe's house they they the kids are jamming you know and 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 uh, your but your kids learned was it the is it the Suzuki method what's what's the method they learned because um, the, they the, they can play by ear the older two studied um, the Suzuki uh, method of music. And uh, Petra the most. That's why I think she's the most attuned because it's like a whole different – the, the basis of that teaching, I really didn't understand it because my wife was adamant about finding a Suzuki school. And, like, it wasn't easy. And I didn't get it. I'm like, what's the big deal? They, like, they learn how to play a violin, but it is. And now I understand it because – It is. It they, is. The Suzuki method is fantastic. It's, uh, yeah. it's modern. It's different because we I learned with the traditional method, which was, you know, you have so fear, you have ear training and you have the, the traditional learning of the reading first and reading you know, the music first. Where, yeah. But yeah, my kid, Petra didn't read music like for right. many years because right. they they teach you like the way kids learn to talk. Kids right. learn to talk and understand sound long before they actually can read. Absolutely. Right, and, that, and that's how they do with the music. They teach them all by the sound and feel and ear before they even attempt to teach them how to read music. Absolutely, and which is why she can they're... listen to something and play it now. Yeah, yeah. Petra can, can, can listen to a, to a song, song she's never played before. She doesn't need sheet music, and about fifteen minutes of twinkling around, she she can play it. Right, and yeah. and you know it's also great because it is about playing with other kids, right, at the same time, and involves the family as well. So it's a whole community, and this Japanese method is very successful. Uh, it uses in a lot of places, and I think it's great. It gets all the kids playing together and doing this thing. It was just an, uh, an amazing thing. But regardless of how you learn or what you do, because with the classical music, the thing that you miss is the 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 freedom to 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 like the jazz, right? So you you have improvised and things like that because there is such a a, a, a a structure way of learning that it just you cannot go out of the lines right you cannot go out of the lines wow. so yeah um so you went to new york you're at the school of music you're studying music what what did you think at this point you were going to do did you actually think you were going to go in a career in music oh, or i i absolutely that's what i thought i was going to do all my life so i was in high school I'm in this bilingual high school in the Bronx. I was living in Washington High, but the family that I was staying with did not want us to go to Washington High because uh, school because it was just, you know, they have killed a kid the, the, the week before I started. It was just crazy. So we started in the Bronx, you know, by putting a different address of the family members. I went to another movie, another school at the Bronx still, still, and I know friends that are, that are teachers there, John F. Kennedy High School in the Bronx, uh, Riverside and 225th Street. I started there. I was misbehaving, right? I was just misbehaving left and right. And they called my mother, the counselor called my mother. I said, you know, what's going on? I said, well, he just arrived from Cuba. Da, da, da. This is a month into me being there. 
and the the cancer and you know he plays violin does he has any any interest yeah he plays violin no, no kidding so her son ended up that being a teacher at manhattan school of music which is the old juilliard building when juilliard moved to to the lincoln center this was the old school and they continue many of the same teacher in both schools and they gave me uh they gave me a um um an audition and man, I was 15. I have played since I was six. I thought I was just very good, right? So I, I, they gave me a violin uh, for the uh, studying for two uh, two weeks. And uh, I went to my, I was Tchaikovsky, uh, second movement of the of the of the concerto for violin. And um, I, I, I have this down pack. I passed the audition. They gave me. I uh, started on the Saturday program first. My first class. I go to school. I'm 15 years old. I, I think that like amazingly good musician. And they put me with kids that were seven, eight, nine years old. I'm like, <laughs> what is the case? I'm sorry. I think, you know, but I didn't speak English. I, I think Humbling. I'm the wrong, the wrong class, you know, with, you know, I'm the only old case. No, no, you're in the right class, uh, Kiro. So I'm there. The first thing was ear training class and the teacher put um, a music, uh, this, the fifth symphony from Beethoven, and put it on that uh, record player. The record player at the time, record yeah. player, right? record player, and and uh, it's 1980. And um, and the idea was for the students, us, to write the sheet of music of what we were Here. hearing, wow. and then and then play it in front of the whole class, whatever instrument you want. And let me tell wow. you. I spent the whole thing, I mean, it just sounded like terrible. And these kids, the teacher, I remember very clearly that they, the teacher, one of the kids, Kim, K-I-M, uh, a, a kid from uh, from the Philippines, uh, start playing to the piano. And the teacher says, Kim, you wrote this in the Mozart style. <laughs> like, what am I into? I went oh, crying my to my house. I was 15, God. crying at my mouth. I'm never going back. Well... My mom brought a friend that I have not seen in a while. It was the did belt. she pull out? Did she pull out the belt? <laughs> she got a belt and said, "You going back to school?" And I went back, and I'm glad I did. So, what and did you, you have to there? remember too, Abe. Like, this is New York City in the '80s, oh. so it's probably when New York was at its at its toughest in in our lifetimes, as far as oh. crime, the highest murder rate. Like it was not an, and you're, Except you're now. traveling on the subway. Is that is where you were in the Bronx? Is that like Riverdale area? Oh, like Riverdale area. So you have to take the, a, uh, the a train until 225th get, oh no, yeah. sorry. The one train that it goes over the bridge uh -huh. on 225, then walk to, to Riverside. Then I have to walk from 181st street to my house, 176 and Audible. Let me tell you. Innocence is a, is a gift from God. I yeah. don't do that walk today. I today I don't do it. It's a little bit better. Uh, at the time, not only that, I so the teacher recommended this private uh, uh, teacher uh, that I it was in in Burger Line in Union City. So I used to ride the subway to the to the forty second station and take a bus to New Jersey, forty second Street, the peep shows the drugs, the yep. prostitutes. It, it was a city. That thing that you see in Times Square now, like Disney World, and you get the, you know, the thing. It was nothing like that. You what, have all what, these... What uh, show HBO had for a couple seasons? Oh, exactly like that. Exactly oh, like God. that. Well, it was Franco. I don't know. Uh, 
James Franco. What was that show? It was like, um, I remember I was shocked because like the stuff they were showing like in the first episode of the season, like the first season, like whoa. It was like that. It was yeah, about Times Square. If you drove through there, you you locked the doors and rolled the window. We weren't allowed. Do any of our listeners there. know what show I'm talking about? No. Oh, oh, it, was two, it was literally about New York and Times Square and the brothels and the prostitution and the porn industry before they developed Times Square. I got to look. But let me tell you, the people will dress, you know, you got the pimps that will dress this like in the movies, right? So with the big hat, with this uh, colorful animal print uh, uh, um, uh, clothes. The deuce. The deuce. Yeah, the deuce. Now, the deuce. It yeah, was like that. It was like I, that. It was three seasons, and it basically ended. You know, it shows basically how Times Square got developed and what Times Square was like before. And it and, was. And, and it you had to go thing. into the Port Authority to get the bus. That which the was bus. another probably one of the most dangerous places to be in New York City at that time. With a wow. violin. With a violin. Yeah. Fifty years old. <laughs> Nan is speaking a lot of English, and then sometimes you get some quarters to go to the pit show. You know, like oh, maybe I can go there. Maybe you know. Oh no, you don't have an age. Give me your. Yeah, it was just listen. Um, but he had. I had to tell you, he had a lot of character. New York City at the time, right? So he had a lot of character. It was very dangerous. Um, but he had a lot of character. Thanks God, New York City came. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, victory same. New York came alone. A long way. That's why I love New York. Whenever I do a new release of uh, any cigars, I do it there. I was able to play at the Carnegie Hall. And it was wow. just, I thought I was going to be a musician my whole life. I was in heaven. Wow. Such so a cool when, story. When did you, at what point do you remember realizing that you weren't going to be a musician and you had to start doing, looking at another life career? It started little by little because uh, my mother, although I had uh, been practicing for a year and a half uh, conducting. Um, uh, wow, you conducted too? Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to do. And and I started, you know, they told me, what do you want to do? And you look at the orchestra and you're playing, you know, 100 people playing and you see the conductor say, that's what I want to do. So I started and I, I had an audition for Julia. And, uh, and then my mother had an accident. She fell from the stairs. She broke oh. her ankle in about 15 different places, was in bed for a year and a half with things, uh, with the nails and what have you. And the cold weather was terrible. So she and my pa parents decided to move to Florida, to Miami. You know, every Cuban, every Cuban dream is to come to Miami. And, uh, and I listen, they have made it such a difficult uh, choice for leaving the country. So I felt I needed to come with them. And I said, listen, I can continue music studies in uh, in uh, in Miami. But wow, 1983, I come to Miami. There is no musical. There's nothing. There's no symphony orchestra. Miami was very much a very antiquated city. And I used to, I used to uh, cry every night. I used to cry every night. Uh, it was so difficult, but uh, I started my own opera group, and that didn't go anywhere. Oh, wow. And that is when I I thought little by little, this thing is not going anywhere. I used to play on the on the restaurants. Uh, they call it strolling violin. You go to table to table, and I will get a dollar here, a dollar there. <laughs> this is this is not a way to make a living, and there was no no future on that. So I started. It's one of the person that gave us money for the opera group. I uh, was a doctor working in a hospital, and I asked him for help. Gave me my first job, 
cleaning floors in a hospital. I was wow. 19 years old. And that's how, that's when I thought this is, uh, this is not uh, going to go anywhere. And you ended up, you ended up going into hospital administration. <laughs> I mean, all talk, in about, America. talk about working your way up from cleaning only, the floors. All in America, okay. Being an administrator. This cannot, this can only be done in America. I started cleaning floors in that hospital, community hospital, Jewish hospital, Alton Road and 6th Street, Miami Beach. Our Jewish friend, remember, is you have parents or grandparents that live in Miami Beach, probably they were around that area. Um, and they, um, and I started my first job cleaning floors. Then I did uh, help on the autopsies to make some extra money. Uh, I, I draw uh, blood uh, as a technician as well. Wow. And then there was a, an opening in uh, outpatient registration. When you go to the emergency room and, you know, yeah. someone register you, with no com a lot of computers, you have to do typing. I remember my first, uh, my interview from that, I said, do you know how to type? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, well, Monday we're going to do a typing thing. I borrow a, a typewriter and a, a, the whole weekend, A, B, wow. <laughs> C, oh, it was. But I got the job and then registered wow. people. I remember, oh, where do you live? Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm sorry, how can you spell Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Avenue? Wow. <laughs> Excuse me, you don't know how, but no, I don't know. So, but five years later, this is like amazing country. Five years later, I moved my way up in different positions. I became the chief financial officer of the hospital, uh, talking about the American dream. Wow, I, didn't, I did not know that part of your career. It's uh, yeah, and then administrator, by the way, and then I from there I went to uh, a national uh, company, psychiatric hospitals. And I was executive director. Uh, it was based out of Annapolis, Maryland. I made uh, I made there um, Hank Bishop, which is my partner in aging room, and uh, Hank uh, was a psychologist, uh, a therapist, and uh, one day. Now talking to how I got into the cigar business, one day Hank says, hey, you know, you're Cuban, you smoke cigar, right? Because you know what happened? If you, they think you're Cuban, you smoke cigar, you dance salsa, you know how to roast right, a right. pig, you know, all this thing. And uh, I said, no, I don't smoke. Well, let's go. And I go to Little Havana with him to buy the cigar from this little place that he will buy his cigar. And it was Nick Perdomo. I met Nick and this little thing by Flagger. Um, uh, Nick Cigars was called at the time. And I bought my first. This is, was in, two, in 1999. I bought my first box of cigar. Uh, it, it was La Tradición. La Tradición. And um, white label. Uh, box press a little bit. I smoked my first cigar with Nick Perdomo and uh, Janine. And uh, and uh, his uh, his uh, uh, brothers-in-law uh, were there, and uh, I went that evening home, and I told my wife, "I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life." And she's a psychiatrist, so she's you know, okay, <laughs> what, what are you going to do, honey? What are you going to do? And oh, I'm going to go into the cigar business. It's a it's a scheme. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade that uh, Bitcoin for the rest of my life. Yeah, okay, honey, you know that's great, so, and and that's how that's how I got hooked up with cigars. Well, that's a perfect segue for us to go into our number two of KMA Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. We got a jam packed second hour here. More with Rafael Nodal. We have Name That Jam. We have Tale of the Tape, and of course, Would oh, You no Rather? No, no, no coop. Oh, 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 there you go. No, 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 no Forgot about that. Forgot about that. That didn't come up in our meeting yesterday. 
Oh, that's right. All right. Well, well, we don't have tail the tape, but we still got a lot of great stuff. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. I'm just Dave here to tell you about a pretty badass event we got coming up this May 25th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right, it's gonna be me, Honest Abe, against the man from Miami, the Burger Beast. We are gonna have a Camacho Gold Burger battle. That's right, we're gonna do this both virtually and live in the store. We have 50 tickets for 50 look who can come to the shop here in Boynton Beach at our headquarters and watch me and the Burger Beast grill it off. You'll get a sample of my burger and his burger and you get to be the judge. See whose burger's better. All you have to do is buy one of our Camacho Bold Burger Battle Kits. This is a five pack of Camacho cigars along with a coconut cartel rub pack. It's got a gourmet oinks bacon in it and a pretty cool hype kit that comes with it. We send that to your house along with a little mini bottle of coconut cartel rum and you'll get to watch from home as we do this event live. Those attending the event live in person will get that same kit but instead they'll get the coconut rum tasting in the store and be able to sample our burgers, my burger and the Burger Beast burgers and you can tell us who makes the better burger. We also got two big raffle giveaways, one for the live attendees and one for the virtual. The live attendees will have a 1 in 50 chance of winning this epic M6 grill, solid steel grill. This grill has a $900 value and for the 100 people who get tickets, will be watching at home with your Camacho Bold Burger Battle Kicks you'll have a one in 100 chance to win a one year premium meat subscription from Climax Wagyu Farm. Pretty cool event for all. Tickets are on sale right now. Go to smokein.com and see who wins the Camacho Bold Burger Battle. The H Oven, Nicaragua by AJ Fernandez. The original versus the heritage. What's the difference between the two? The H Oven Nicaragua AJ Fernandez Heritage. The story of AJ Fernandez coming from Cuba, raised by his grandmother out there, has a lot of love for the country, but also he loves tobacco and he loves his new area where he bought his farm called Finca La Lilia, named after his grandmother farm of Lily. So he's got the love of tobacco, he's got the love of Cuba, and he's got the love of, of Nicaragua. Let's put them all together. So that tells the story of this triple fermented Brazilian Matafina wrapper and AJ estate grown Nicaraguan binders and fillers creating a beautiful array of some sweetness, soft leather, a little bit of spice with nice aroma notes of black pepper and earth tones. We hope you go out and enjoy this one, that it really tells the story of AJ, his love of Cuba, Nicaragua, and H. Oven. So please go out and try one. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. H. Oven, Nicaragua, AJ Fernandez, Heritage. Private wines. They they sell uh, some really great Argentinian wines. 
that you can't get anywhere else. And if you go to kmawines.com, you can get a discount and join their Wine of the Month Club. Discount on shipping, discount on product, just because you're KMA viewers and listeners. So check it out, kmawines.com. I'm gonna do some, I'm just staying in the circle. I'm not like, uh, you know, drinking and driving. This is just viral marketing, letting these neighbors over here know what we're doing. But take a sip, I'm gonna just, KMAWines.com. I'm drinking KMAWines.com. The sound is epic on that commercial. That's that's about. <laughs> All right, so take it out of the rotation. Yeah, it really. If it's good concept, awful sound. Uh, back to hour number two of KMA Talk Radio. Uh, a couple things, a couple points I want to talk about before we go into the show. First off, Alternus USA has a great giveaway going on. Visit our homepage at kmatalkradio.com. All you got to do is enter your email address. Uh, we'll be doing a live drawing during one of our shows for that package. It is a five-pack of the H. Upman A.J. Fernandez cigars. A very cool cap, a lighter koozie, and a coffee mug. It comes in a pretty cool presentation box. So check it, check it out. Go enter. It doesn't doesn't cost you anything, and anybody could win. KMATalkRadio.com. Also, our Camacho Bold Burger Battle. We still have tickets now. We're only limited to 50 in the store. And if you're going to come and watch the event live, and that's because we got to cook burgers. So there's only so many we can cook. But um, we're limited to 50 tickets in the store. There's still some if you want to watch the event live and come to the event live you purchase the tickets in the store any one of our fans who wants to watch it at home and get the same beautiful kit that everybody here is going to get even a little bit of the coconut cartel rum i saw the packaging they delivered it yesterday it's pretty badass i'm going to do a video later in the week we'll send you that kit and two amazing raffles that grill is like a tank i mean you put you put a turret on it and you got a literally literally it looks like it it's a a ton Bro, moving it was just moving Listen, it outside. The video was a task. You would put if you were to you would if you just looked at it and you say, "Man, uh, you know, I don't know. It's kind of I don't know if I." You if think this, you could pick it up with one hand? Yeah, you think like I don't know if it, 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 will the wind blow this thing away outside? I mean, this thing is <laughs> hurricane proof, dude. It is not moving. It's CAD five proof, man. That thing is you. You could weigh things down wow. with it. Yeah. Um. So the fifty live attendees, because we're not shipping that thing. Um. The 50 live attendees will have a chance to win that. And of all our fans and also people who uh, want to watch at home and participate with us and get the kits, you guys are still going to get an epic chance because there's only 100 of those tickets. Some still available. Go to smoking.com. You'll win a one-year subscription, meat subscription, to Climax Wagyu Farm. So two good odds for two good competitions. So if they win, fun. so question is, if they win this, um, the, the, the barbecue, do they get to take it that day right there? I, we're making them take it that day. <laughs> we, we want it out of this building, man. That, that thing's a tank. So come, come prepare, guys. Come with come them. prepared. Come come ready to take that grill if you win. But um, this is gonna be fun. I've always cooked burgers. It's one of my my fun things I like to do. Alex has been over to the house a couple of times, cooked burgers. So I'm doing a doing a little bit of uh, homework and a little bit of testing to see what kind of burger I'm, I'm gonna put up against the burger beast. So That's hopefully. Central Florida can represent uh, in, uh, over Miami. We'll see what happens. But That's I think fun. it's going to be a lot of fun. That's fun. I'm rooting for you. I was going to say Miami, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure you would put my audio like uh, like like the video. No, no. We're, we're the home team, Raphael. We're the home team. There so. you go. 
There we go. Also, Raphael, you got a couple. You, you're 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 sporting a cool shirt this morning. There you go. Well, I got it. So I just got it yesterday. I started wearing yesterday, and I said, "Wow!" Since I'm going to the show, what a, a great opportunity. So I want to do a giveaway here in uh, Facebook Live and some of your comments, guys. If you can put what cigar you're smoking. Originally, I said, you know, any Altis USA uh, cigars, uh, Monte Cristo, Ed Shortman, um, Romeo and Juliet, Aging Room, uh, and and Henry Clay or Trinidad. But you know what? Any cigars that you're smoking, put it here on Facebook. If you uh, listen to us, you're watching us live and uh, Facebook live, put what cigar you're smoking. We'll pick at random. By the way, this is me personally, not connected to the company, not connected to Aldis USA or Tabacalera USA. And I will ship you. I will connect you there to message there. I will choose at the end uh, when uh, after the end of the show, we'll choose three people there that put the cigar and we'll send it. I only have large extra large and two extra large so i'm sorry if you're skinny uh sorry i i didn't think about skinny people i didn't That's know that those we, we never do we never do Raphael. we never do i didn't know those people I say, so put the cigar you're smoking guys there any cigar because you know do they have to do they have to post a picture post a picture of any cigar you're smoking because at the end of the day guys you cannot listen to this show without smoking the cigar light That's it up right. take send us the picture and we'll pick Three names are random. Uh, ladies, if you're smoking, I can only send you large. Uh, uh, that's that's all, uh, you know, but hopefully that will do. It's not give it away. There you go. So another great little giveaway uh, on KMA Talk. Really. Alan, it's not only recommending, and I, I absolutely appreciate always you're the biggest supporter of uh, Monte Cristo 1935. You need really to post is. a picture. Put a picture. Yes. So that being said, before we get more into cigar talk, we have our little segment we always do at the top of the hour, which should be right up your alley, Raphael. It's Name That Jam. It's presented by Avo Cigars, and we're going to get ready to test your musical acumen right now. Well, I'm afraid of that. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, this is real simple, Raphael. We're going to play you three seconds of a song, and we're going to see if you can name that jam. Hit it. Oh, well, I Alex. know it's from Buena Vista. I know it's from the Buena Vista one. I don't know the name of the song. Should we have like a, a line, like, the, you know, on TV shows that they have the line? Well, I find you want a lifeline? We'll get you. We'll let you make one phone call. Okay. No, that is. I know it is uh, from Buena Vista. It is uh, one of the most. Uh, All right, you're halfway songs. there. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know. Um, I just uh, let me see. I I know this. Song. You want to hear it again? Well, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it again. All right. But I just don't know the name. Oh my God. I, I'm so embarrassed. I was afraid of this, by the way. I was afraid of this. I should know this because I listened to the whole CD so many times. It's actually one of the best cigar music I know. 
very easy. I don't know the name of the song. I, two I have a couple of guys that are guessing. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to hey, well, let's see? Well, let's one see, guys. One. Help me out. Let's see. Do you, do you agree right there? Look at the screen, Raphael. He said Chan Chan or Buena, any, any of those. You I agree know Buena Vista Social Club is from that CD, but I don't know that it's Chan Chan. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. I just you, don't know. You, you disagree. You disagree. It's not Chan Chan. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it is. All right. All right. Alex picked the toughie. Let's find out. Let's see who, who, who if it's Chan Chan or not. What about you? Okay, well, the name of the song wasn't there. What is the name of the yeah, song? It's, that's Chan Chan. Chan Chan. Oh, it is Chan Chan. What a what a mess! I'm sorry, you got well you got done, it. Steve Newman. You Steve, yeah. hey, Steve, you got it, my friend. Well, Chinch is actually a great it. song. Besides, the song itself is great, but the story of the song is essentially, in a nutshell, in English, is this couple and they're they're building a house and they go to the beach to get sand on the beach and he's he's putting uh, sand in a sieve and he gives it to the girl who starts shaking the sieve. And her whole body starts to shake, and he kind of gets embarrassed because you know he sees her shaking. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great song. Well, well the whole thing, right? It's great to dance. So one zero 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 so far. Let's go. Raphael, you did not name that jam. <laughs> I know. I thank know. you, and thanks again to our fine folks over at Our Cigars for uh, sponsoring that segment. Our Cigars eloquently composing music with tobacco for decades. Thank you very much. Abo, let me tell you, what a personality. I got to know Abo at the end of his life. Uh, we spent a lot of time together in uh, in Dominican, in, uh, in Camp David, the hotel on top uh, of the mountain. What a personality. What a uh, uh, love for life. Even in his latter years, he didn't slow down at all. No, and I think he got more, you know, he got more energy, man. It's uh, He got more energy. He really did. Absolutely. Did you guys ever play together? The, no, the I did. You know what? In I, the IPCPR at the time it was called or RTDA before, I took a piano one year. I was new in the industry. I, I didn't know him. And I took a piano one day in my booth and I put it. And then he had another piano there. I was the last time I took pianos to the because, you know, next to that guy, right? So, uh, I mean, what I, you know, you always look for an angle to sell the cigars. Right. But listen, that's something that you cannot compete. No, we never, never got to play. Uh, although I played for him uh, uh, one time there at the show, he passed by the bathroom, so he came and I played the, uh, which I was very embarrassed, but I, I did play the Strangers in the Night, and he gave me this, and uh, that was it. I asked him to play. I was going to ask him to play. I didn't ask him to play because I would definitely want to be so embarrassed if, after that. But yeah, what a great guy! Uh, we one of the coolest events that we ever did with avo um we called it a night under the stars with avo vizian we actually bought a grand piano out to the courtyard of our old west palm beach location and he just did like a night a concert we bought in a some uh, an accompaniment uh i think four or five pieces and they just played and we smoked cigars all night and it was one of probably one of the coolest events oh, i've done in my career absolutely. it was actually very very cool amazing so rafael we got to the point now where your buddy Hank talked you into starting a cigar company. At that time, I believe, was this when you named it Havana? 
Cuba Cigar Company. Well, so he got me to smoke cigar. Then I decided I want to go into the cigar business. So I obviously spoke to him and we started selling cigars on the internet. At the time I met a lot of people. It was a great opportunity to meet a lot of people. Obviously I knew now Nick Perdomo and uh, I started, I met uh, Nesto Perez Carrillo. I started something online called avilacigars.com and I started cigars on the internet. And that was fun. I met a lot of people, Puros Indios at the time. Yeah. Uh, I met George Rico when he was just a baby uh, working with his father and uh, in, in A Street. So I met all these cool people and I said, you know what? I want to go into manufacturing. I met these people from uh, Olivero Cigars and I bought their brand and I bought the, opened up a new factory in 2002. And listen, I thought this was going to be a done deal. This is the easiest thing. Listen, I have been cleaning floors, made it to CFO of a company, made it to administrator, made it to a secretary director a national, of a national psychiatric company. I got this. Let me tell you guys, the most difficult thing that I even done in my life is cigars. There's a lot more than cigars. I remember meeting you, uh, uh, Abe, in one of uh, in the office when Nick has moved to uh, to Miami Lakes, where I was living at the time. Um, he moved to his office there. I remember going to to his uh, office and having you uh, saw you uh, sitting in the couch, right? And see you there, the couch, and you know, and they told me, no, me, uh, Nick is with an important guy there. And, you know, I go inside and you're there, and you know, this thing. And wow, I met you for the first time there. That was, uh, I knew that I wanted to be in this industry. I knew that I really, really wanted because uh, uh, a lot of cool people in the industry, man. It was just great. So, how did your experience was because i remember carrying the brand oliveros how did how did you experience at one point the oliveros vanilla cigar was probably the hottest selling vanilla cigar on the market cedar yeah. wrap glass tubes i remember them at what point how was your experience in that part it was great listen we started with oliveros flavors they had it already so they the lone ladies or the sweet and honey and then you know the flavors then uh, they had the oliveros kale cognac at the time so it was making on the glass tubes and uh, with cognac it was a fuse and the other companies later on did that as well now and was hank was hank working with you at yes this point yes so we always always been we always together along the way hank has been to my side uh, from the beginning i i'm very loyal he's very loyal we, we just love uh, working together i think he's been longer than uh, both of my wife together so that's oh, a, wow that's a, he says a lot so it's uh, yeah 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 so uh he uh he is really the, the one that had the love and the business mind uh hank remembers every single name of every single store every single owner's name he knows what they order they know when they order they know the market uh it's it's just an incredible guy and but you know from the beginning i knew the flavor cigar was not the future of the cigars. I, I was coming from healthcare and I said, listen, the FDA will not allow flavor cigars. That was back in 1999 or 2002. And so I started making regular cigar, premium cigar. I start with Nick Perdomo. He made my Oliveros uh, Grand Reserva uh, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang is the man. That's correct. And uh, we started because I thought this, there's no way, knowing from healthcare, the FDA, there's no way that flavors can survive in, in an environmental regulation. And uh, so I left uh, healthcare because, you know, FDA regulations and get here and guess what? 
we're now FDA and the regulations. But um, it took a long time. It's still uh, flavor cigars in the market. But I went to Premium Cigar and I fell in love with everything about cigars. So my dream was making flavor, uh, a premium cigar. But I have to tell you, very difficult. And it's, it's so funny that you put Perdomo right now because right. I'm only in this industry because of Nick Perdomo. What an amazing guy. I went that night to my house when I spoke to my wife. I said, you know, I met this incredible guy with so much energy, uh, uh, enthusiastic, so much passion. And I basically had no passion for healthcare. It was great to make money, but, you know, it's it's hard to have passion uh, you know, unless you're a doctor, right? Nick Nick Perdomo also made the first cigars for a, a young, up-and-coming couple of guys right out of college. Which, a, couple guys, a couple of guys named Jonathan Drew and Marvin Samuel. I remember, I remember their relationship. Yes, Drew Estate. I did not know that. that. Yeah, I did not know that. Nick's a great guy. Also started in another career. I mean, he had a really successful career as an air traffic controller, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And and I remember the factory uh, because I remember traveling with uh, Jonathan and and Michael Argenti in in Esteli, and um, and I remember Jonathan when they took over the old. Perdomo factory. Yeah, that was their first factory. It was Nick's yeah, that was the first factory, and uh, there on the second floor, and uh, uh, Nick Perdomo's father was living downstairs uh, onto the building new house, and uh, it was just an incredible the journey of uh, Jonathan because this weekend they're doing the 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 barn uh, uh, barn smoker barn smoker. Uh, what oh, a journey! And I saw a video smart, yesterday of him telling the story from the beginning. What a journey! What a journey in the industry. This industry is full of people with dreams. And uh, look at you guys. You know, look at you, Abe, what you have done, working hard, getting here. It is about working hard. I love the industry because of the people of the industry, basically. Uh, if you would have told me we'd still be doing a show 11 years later, I would have never believed it. Our first, you know, we only <laughs> signed on for 13 weeks. You know, who, who would ever thought? Well, um, I have to tell you. I the only thing that I didn't do about doing the show, didn't like about doing the show is that I had to drive so far from Miami to get to this to the station and it killed my whole Saturday. And uh, and I love being able to do it from home now. So the whole pandemic has changed our life. And, you know, uh, some are difficult that some others are nicer and being able to do it from here. <laughs> what, a, what an amazing thing. It's been a lot easier getting guests. Let me tell you that without a I doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, you had your thing and, 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 and when did, when did, how did boutique blends begin? So things were going terrible. I was trying to make cigar for everybody. I was just trying, listen, um, it's hard to compete with the major companies, right? Because the major company have the resources, uh, have the, the, the different brands. It was very difficult. I was trying to make cigar for everybody. You like mild cigar? Let me do that. But in the meantime, I did Olivero Sex Cells for Men, which was a blend with five different, five different um, uh, countries. Uh, very good cigar. The name was terrible because there's a lot more that goes into a cigar than just having a good blend and uh, consistency. All these things are. I was just doing extremely bad. I was buying tobacco that I didn't know what I was buying. I lost every single dollar and then some of whatever i have saved in the healthcare industry uh but i i really wanted to stick with it and in 2011 
I was tired of this. This was not going anywhere, right? So I was not, my wife said, get out of this. You know, we were in debt. I just, you know, I was making money in healthcare and I was losing money here. It was crazy. And then I made a decision. Listen, I just going to have fun. I'm going to make cigars that I like. I'm going to blend cigars that I like. If people buy it, great. If not, I'm going to smoke it anyway. Uh, at least I can smoke something that I like because I had an inventory of stuff that I didn't really like. And um, and uh, and that's how Boutique Blends was created in 2011 as an alternative, as a way to have a laboratory of ideas, new blends, small batches, things like that. Because at the end of the day, it was to fight with the big companies that they sometimes they're not able to, to do these small blends and... Uh, and uh, as soon as I started doing that, guys, the whole thing changed, right? To 2011, we got one of the top 25 cigars of Cigar Aficionado. A few years later, 13, we got the number two with the Edge Room Cuatro Nicaragua. A blend, by the way, that no one from the beginning liked. No one liked, but I really thought it was good, and I continue, and we and we did, and it opened up a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, 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 doors and I got a lot of attention and they continue like that with different smaller uh, batches and my whole life changed uh, until I got this amazing opportunity. Uh, our president, Javier Estado, is a good friend and a great president, gave me the opportunity to come to Tabacalera USA, a Altadis USA, uh, not only to distribute my agent room brand, a small boutique brand, did that start out as a meeting for distribution only? Because it's not a common thing you'll see a brand no. on. No, it's not. It's not. It started as a another friendship. Company. It started as a friendship. It started as a friendship. Uh, uh, we love cigars. I love, uh, you know, I love what they were doing. Actually, you know, they made a cigar, Romeo by Romeo and Juliet, that I fell in love with it. Red and white box, right? I remember. We keep uh, carrying it still. Exactly. 2012, I think, it was the number three cigar by Cigar Aficionado, and I fell in love. And I remember buying a lot of those cigars uh, and uh, smoking a lot of those cigars. And I decided to go to Altadis and telling them I wanted to do a Romeo by Romeo and Juliet Edging Room. <laughs> Just the name was this long. Um, and obviously, my partner Hank and Everybody told me, you're crazy. You know, they never look at you. But I told them, listen, there's a boutique angle that you guys should address. I want to do this for you. And to my big surprise, they said yes. And uh, we did the Romeo by Romeo and Juliet Agent Room. I mean, think about that. A brand that no one knew working with a legendary brand. They gave me, I asked, and they <laughs> they gave it to me, uh, complete uh complete uh autonomous uh, decision on the on the art on the blend on the names of the vitola because i always named them musical um musical related although i feel now very bad that i didn't name the tune but besides that uh besides you guys embarrass me on that but anyway um we uh you know i i they gave me the opportunity and that's how the whole thing started wow and and oddly enough, your, your partner works with Placencia. Yeah. So uh, when I came, uh, I mean, this, this I, is really like unprecedented. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> We've done a lot of uh, uh, new stuff. So 
Uh, Placencia and AJ Fernandez are really, we as a company, Tabacalera USA, Altes USA, doesn't have a factory in Nicaragua. So we work with two fantastic partners, uh, AJ Fernandez and Placencia. We do a lot of stuff. They were friends of mine. My wife is from Pinar del Rio. My wife's family was in tobacco for five generations in uh, in Pinar del Rio. And actually her father distributed La Aurora cigars before Miami Cigar did it. So she, you know, she was related to a cigar, friends of the Placencia, friends of AJ Fernandez. And um, and since I, we, I got this, I was helping Placencia to launch the new Placencia Alma Fuerte series. I, 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 since I met Nestor, I've been telling them they needed their own brand uh, 15 years ago. And they tried, Rafael. They, they, they had a, they had Placencia was on the market a few times, never successfully until this last time around. My Absolutely. Opinion. But this one, uh, we worked very hard because we knew what had gone wrong before. I learned a lot of different things during this time that I all we all put it together. This, the brand was designed with uh, to look the same in all the different ones, different colors. Uh, we knew that we wanted to do a, a stronger cigar, high-end cigar, a lot of aged tobacco that they had, and it became very successful. So I was helping with that. I started as a small, small boutique, high-end, but um, I couldn't, I, when I took on a, uh, this contract with Altadis and Tabacalera, I couldn't work on both. So Hank stayed with uh, Placencia and um, and I continue with uh, with uh, Tabacalera and Altadis. And that's how the relationship and that's very proud mm -hmm. of what. And they're great partners of ours at uh, Altadis as well. Who who Who's running the aging room business? The aging room is me and Hank. And... So you guys are still on top of what you're doing with your other duties. You're still overseeing the operations day to day. Yes, yes, we wow. we we develop. So I, yeah, three three different hats I wear. So the agent room, which is distributed by Altadis, and now we have a team in marketing, which I also oversee. And uh, and uh, we we basically are in top of the production because it's our brand and uh, the blends and everything else. Because I do. The blends. I developed the blends with the different factories and the people that we have as a team uh, in uh, Tabacalera USA. And and then I'm also head the marketing department. Uh, so it's pretty busy. I love being busy. I love being able to create stuff. Uh, and now, so from someone that was doing terrible in the cigar industry, uh, started aging room and now got to blend, work with the factories and oversee the marketing of Romeo and Juliet, Monte Cristo. Uh, a Shortman, um, Henry Clay, Trinidad. Let me just tell you, it's a dream. If you don't believe in American dream, let me tell you, you're wrong. It you're living it. Is, I'm living it every single day. I am the happiest person on earth. I have speaking, to speaking of Romeo and Julieta, Paul, do you have that picture of the Better Roses? This, this is one of the most beautiful pieces I've ever seen. It was supposed to ship in March. Paul's not ready. It's going to ship now in May. We should be. I was going to follow up with you because I didn't see it. I don't think it came out in March. And I'm no. trying to stall as much as I can so Paul can keep up and get this picture up. But this is a beautiful, exquisite. It's piece. coming out. It's coming out. Uh, we have the humidors already, the cigars, the bands was the problem. Right now, we have bottlenecks in many different parts of the system, as, uh, as I'm sure you know. Uh, yep getting those boxes for December. Uh, so we we uh, we are getting uh, the factory shipping those cigars, or ship it actually uh, yesterday, 
And as uh, soon as we get it here, let it rest a little bit. We're going to be shipping. We have the humidor sitting there. A beautiful, different, you know, if you will have tell anybody that two years ago that you were going to do a Romeo and Julia with roses, uh, white and red roses. I'm describing it because we're not going to get a picture. But anyway, so. You know, we have these meetings the day before to prep for the show. And even helping Paul prep doesn't help. Hey, well, let me a, tell you. There's actually a specific question I wanted on this. There you outline. go. He's there. There, almost there. He's trying. He's trying. Almost, he's trying. Stop, Alex. Okay, yeah, well, if we waited go. for you, it never would have got there, Paul. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Alex. That's the there's two door. in there. I we both uploaded ours. <laughs> okay, so the trays, the three trays, hold the cigars. I believe it's eighteen cigars, um, and then the other trays are to put other cigars, lighters, cutters, and things like that. This picture actually doesn't give a lot, doesn't doesn't give... No, a, there was a picture of it closed, which is really yeah, pretty. because it doesn't give, uh, you know, it doesn't see the other angles. It's just an amazing, beautiful humidor. We're trying, the whole team of Altis USA is just doing an amazing job. We're trying to uh, bring this, uh, get the best we can out of these uh, fantastic brands. Because at the end of the day, listen... We're not the owners of Romeo and Julia Montecristo. We are here. Oh, there, there you go. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. We are the owners, but we want to make sure we we just do better on the brands that we got it. And look at that. Better roses. Uh, those those photographs are courtesy of Cigar Aficionado, I just want to say. There you go. We, we, we I think we gave it to them anyway. So it's. Uh, no, I, yeah, I was going to say, I think they're actually there. Yeah, Cigar Aficionado says, courtesy of Alta. Oh, it does very well. Yeah, good. Beautiful. But anyway, we're doing a fantastic job. Uh, we released last year the Romeo uh, Romeo Eterna, Romeo Julieta Eternal, uh, our first high-end Romeo. Uh, made what, also what, in What's the price point on that humidor, Rafael? Not to interrupt you, I wanted to be just curious. I believe... Or roughly. The, I believe it's about $18 a cigar. So I think this is about uh, uh, $2,000 a humidor, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, but but let me tell you, just the humidor is worth it. And then on top of that, you have amazing, amazing cigar. This is all tobacco age over 15 years from the Placencia family portfolio of tobacco. Now, see how excited Rafael gets. So we have this program I want to touch base on because you texted me the other night and Thursday night, and you were actually being talked about while you texted me. Um you know, we, I had this idea a couple of years ago, actually started during COVID, to just experience during thing to change things up. And we started this thing called the Connoisseur Club, and we're coming on our last year. It was a two-year run. But it was a cool concept to get people to try cigars that were made for the club, so they had no experience for it, but never knowing who made them. And just to go through the psychological experience, and there were so many comments, Raphael. Uh, um, I think you've done it now, what, three times over the three course times, of the year? Three times. And every time... Not only is your cigar a hit, but people are so surprised that a, a hit would come from a big company like Altidus. And I was telling people on the thing, you don't understand. Raphael's company's boutique blends. This is this is the mind of a boutique cigar maker, um, and that's why, in my opinion, you're one of the guys who get most excited about making projects for that. But all three of the blends that, that your company were involved in were big hits across the board uh, amongst our members. Uh, from Altus USA, and that, that's a testament because we have literally everybody in the industry who's gone through it, and you've done it now three times, and everyone has, has scored well and been received well by almost the majority of all the members, so kudos to you, Raphael. 
Thank you. And, and Abe, you know, I'm very competitive and I love to create, right? So I was Thursday, you told me, right? Because I did the video the day before. Hey, uh, you know, uh, and I was sending you, hey, what are the notes? What are the, what are the people saying? I love, because for me, this is a, one of the coolest project ever. Stop in the Thank cigar you. industry, right? So being able to create something for a special group of people that they can rate it. We learn from that. As a matter of fact, what I did is three blends from similar tobacco with different proportions, different ages, and different uh, and different style of, uh, of uh, fermentation, right? And uh, based on that, uh, I've been able to get ideas and things like that because for me, creating a blend is like creating music, right? So you get seven notes, right? And then, you know, you, then so many music uh, comes out of that. Um, and that's what I love to, to do. And then for me, it's a, what blend was a laboratory. Let's come up with this. And then to give me an opportunity of X amount of people, try the blends and tell me against other blends, by the way, I remember the first time you have amazing manufacturers and, and you know, every single one, because you got all the top rated uh, manufacturer doing these things. But I doubt that anybody gets as excited as I am about this project. You can ask anybody in the office. No, nope. eh? you want you use me. You're one of the because look, I, I've said it before. This this club is not easy on us. It's not easy on the manufacturers for them to create something new and stop production for such a small amount of production. And you know, a lot of them are doing it mostly because you know they're supporting us and our company. But there are a couple guys, and you probably are at the top of people who are really excited about this project. And and it's shown. It's shown in the it's final product. The product. Absolutely. Yep. Thank I you. just I just love it. We take the best one, and you know sometimes on the second one we just didn't have enough tobacco to to do a lot of uh, big production. But those are things that sometimes you make for yourself, and things that you said, "Damn, this is a good cigar." As a matter of fact, as I was doing a video, I posted in Facebook uh, yesterday, I believe. I was doing the video the day before, and uh, and I just stopped, and I just let me just enjoy this cigar because I light it up for the for the video, and I was like holy shit this is a great blend and it got it better to the months you know and uh because i have these cigars made shipped to us i keep it on the humidor in the i i check the temperature i check the, the they're your babies they're your babies they're babies and they're you know it's but you know our company uh, as a big company has allowed us to do what we think is great for the industry and, and and that so our job and i heard this in politics a long time ago all politics are local right are local and you know it doesn't you know the, the bigger thing but cigars are at the end of the day based on that particular cigar you're making and the people that are smoking and uh, so we are a big company but we want we run the company our president javier está run the company as a small company so we have the resources of the big company and the thinking which is a way of thinking the culture everything is very very important to us that's a great mindset and speaking of great blends during the break you showed one of your newer cigars which was actually in our cigar of the month club this month um tell us a little bit about this new cigar that, that i've been smoking this whole show oh let me just tell you i was i started smoking that but it's, it's here um this cigar well this cigar, the first one was the A Shortman by Eje Fernandez, lighter blue. And this is a cigar, a blend that I, we have done with Eje Fernandez for Aging Room. But the in 2007, the 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 
the FDA was coming. We just, uh, sorry, 2015 was coming. We didn't have enough of our um, able to release so many blends. So I spoke to Altadis and we released that blend under the A Shawn by AJ Fernandez. They let me pick the colors. I love blue and I pick lighter blue. I have done a lighter blue in the Swag South Beach before. Uh, which was not very successful, but we changed the color a little bit and we released the uh, exactly. And now with this is a, a stronger color. But as you know, because we, I have been on the show talking about the Trinidad Espiritu number two series with tobacco from Brazil. So I have been experimenting and playing around with different different blends, and uh, and this cover working with the uh, with the brazilian tobacco so for the uh, for the previous one i did for the trinidad spiritual number two i did a, a arapiraca wrapper for this one we we use this matafina wrapper uh, from brazil in the blend we use tobacco from nicaragua or from ages fernandez farm but in addition we mix it we blend it with uh and habano seed grow in in brazil so the these are cigars that i'm trying to get a lot of complexity, a fuller body, a great experience. It's a cigar that doesn't overwhelm because it's very well aged and very well fermented. So the idea is to get all that you can get from a fuller body cigar, but without the hardness because of the aging and things like that. So uh, these are not wheel of flavors that we had in our traditional portfolio. These are new wheel of flavors that we're trying a little bit more complexity. And it's a cigar that burns extremely wide, love in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Uh, guys, if you haven't tried this cigar, I encourage you to try this. And Nate Shortman, my AJ Fernandez Heritage. The name Heritage comes from the heritage of the brand, heritage of AJ Fernandez family, love for cigar, love for his family. And we thought it was a great way to pair in this. I was afraid of making this uh a, because you know the the AJ Fernandez HM have been so successful, right? Didn't want to, yeah. yeah, something like that. You're afraid. You're afraid yep. to to move it up, to change it up. Uh, thank you, Alex. It's, it's, I'm glad you like the blend. It's a fantastic blend. So we took. By the way, guys, cigar. Put some pictures. I don't see any picture. Put well, some pictures. So Rafael, I was going to mention this. They we forgot about this when we said it. They can't actually post pictures until. Well, they after. use a name, right? Right. Until after the show's over. They could do it after the show's over. So they could post their pictures after the show over. Okay, so post, post pictures after the show. Yes, post your pictures after the show of a, a Altus USA brand cigar and Raphael picked three winners to get the new Aging Room t-shirts. Chris Barnett about trying these. If you're a member of our Cigar of the Month Club, it was in this month's selection. There's a code at the bottom that'll save you on the brand. If not, in honor of Raphael being on the show, we have put this blend here Um in our spotlight feature. So you could save um, 15%. Wow. You just go to smokein.com and it's one of our spotlight feature cigars uh, this month uh, up right now. And either way, whether you're a Cigar of the Month Club or not, you could save if you want to try this blend. Thumbs up for me. Totally worth trying. Excellent well, cigar. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed I had to stop because I wanted to show the band on it and I was getting to the bottom so I had to stop and it was struggling not to light it up again. So... I got to the point where I can light it back up. Discount on this cigar, guys. This is your opportunity. You know, I'm biased, right? I'm biased, but I love a lot of cigars in the industry, whether we make it or not, right? Yeah, we're all uh, biased. Yeah, yeah, we're biased. Somebody asked me. Somebody asked me if I thought our 25th anniversary cigar was good. You know, I'm like, you, you know, and don't be biased. I'm like, how can I not be biased? I said, I'm not going to put my company name. 
my reputation then on top of my dad's name on a cigar that i don't think is great so Absolutely. i think it's great otherwise i wouldn't have done it so you have to judge for yourself but excellent cigar enjoying well, it this whole I, i'm glad you 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 say that because you know if you notice everything we have been doing with the type of products the the monte cristo 1935 anniversary that got to be number two cigar of the year another one of our favorites i said it when we had you on the show and we talked about it it's uh they have given me this opportunity so you know for aging room and boutique blend cigar we were just working with this you know like a musician or a, 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 a painter with this uh, little canvas with these few uh paints now we can just have a huge canvas we have huge amount of paint different colors and uh so we can make things that we were not doing before and uh it's an opportunity for me to uh, create new things some will work you only get to let me tell you guys we only get to try the good ones right so for that cigars of the club the ones that we made we tried some awful cigars okay before uh that's why we do this so much time in advance because i wanted it's just an opportunity to create new stuff right so you only get to see the good stuff but we do a lot of bad stuff also yeah we just uh, that, don't get it to the market yeah i mean that's how you make a masterpiece sometimes it takes a couple things a couple runs at it so um one of the questions i really wanted to ask you which we talked about during our meeting which paul never put on our sheet unless i'm completely blind because i look up and down on it. Look at Paul's eyes blow up. Even when we try to help him do his job, he can't do his job. Um, PCA. I don't know if you could talk about it. I don't know if it's something that you can talk about or not, but PCA. Right. Do you foresee the possibility or is it a completely closed door? Will Altidus USA ever contemplate or engage in the ability or the possibility of maybe returning to the trade show? Well, you know, first of all, I'm not the right person for that, but I have to say that as a company, well, thank you. I have to turn, <laughs> you see Alex, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say this. So I'm not the right person to do that, but I can tell you that as a company, our company support PCA. As a trade show itself, we didn't think it was a good business opportunity for us to do that. We love the industry. And by the way, that doesn't, us not attending the show doesn't mean that it's, uh, you know, we don't support the industry. Or we just don't support PCA. We just did not think that the trade show as it was it is good uh for our company uh well, you know, it probably not it's probably not on a financial sense may never be but you know i gotta give you a perfect example i mean for a guy who's embraced social media in the last couple of years you obviously understand the, the 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 importance of connectivity and like even that romeo and julieta humidor the better roses right that's when you would go and see it because you know i know because i've seen many of these things over my career you know that picture doesn't do it justice right right i mean that picture looks cool but you know it's it looks so it's gonna be so much more impressive when you see that live and as a company i think for for especially companies like altus that make these sometimes really extravagant things it's an opportunity you're missing on to showcase it to retailers because i don't think it'll trans i don't think when you send the sales rep in with a slick sheet on something like that it really sends the message of the, the final product you know and you know and I, I just somewhere in the back of my head maybe i'm a traditionalist maybe it's sal fontana talking through my head but you know i i'd like to see some of the guys come back and, and be part of the, the trade show well, listen, it, it might very, be very well uh be right so we, we we're just not saying that we're not gonna go 
uh, ever again. We're just saying that at the current uh, moment, um, the show as it stands has not made financial um, sense for the companies from the business point of view, because that way we utilize that money to do some of the stuff with the retailer to help the industry in different ways mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, I understand your point. And we did present this at the TPE in, in Vegas, a smaller show, uh, a different concept. Uh, we we just believe at the moment, right? And by the way, like I mentioned from the beginning, now I'm talking from my personal thing. This, I was asking right. your personal opinion about it too right. as well. I'm not the right person to, to say that from the company. I think the company, as a company, we make a decision that we're not going to attend for now. It just didn't make sense for us. And uh, it doesn't mean that it might might actually be at one moment or, or another. So that is a possibility. Absolutely, there is that we are supporting the industry. You know, we are in the different ways. And uh, and we're trying that uh, they, they, that this may have been perceived by other people are not supporting the industry. It's, it's wrong. We do support the industry. We just didn't think that the current uh, state uh, of the show perhaps is what it is. But I have to tell you that we have a great relationship with the PCA. We are members. We are. Right. Members. We support that. We support the industry. We support the effort against the FDA. We all we make is premium cigar. We don't make anything else, yeah. and and we love the industry. So, as a stand at the moment, we are not uh, attending. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I totally agree that there are issues with the trade show. Oh, I I listen to your show all the time. Yeah, I mean, and you went back to the show which I have not seen you in the show for many years. Yeah. And, you know, so, by the way, that is an example of things that happen. Uh, uh, you know, so now now we will see. And I, I know, I listen to the show. We all love the industry. We love the people that yeah. are in the industry. And, you know, hopefully... I would, like them to, I would like them to figure out a way that they can come back and reach out to these companies and work it so that it, it does work for everybody involved. I think it's better for the industry as a whole. But it, the onus is on them. I mean, that, fingers that's crossed. Where, fingers crossed. We, yeah, that's we, where you know. that's where that's at. So, um, as far as music, just curious because we didn't touch base on this. I see, you know, you, you embraced social media. I, I could have been ignorant about it, but you kind of really blew up during COVID. Was that really? <laughs> it, was that really when you? I mean, were you active before, and I just started noticing during COVID, or is that I really? Was when you made learning. It? I was learning. Right. Um, listen. Um, for me, as I mentioned, came from Cuba, difficult time. My whole life has been about adjusting to the to the new situation. Right. Uh, you know, so COVID for me was uh, when everybody panicked, what we're going to do is say, listen, there's always a way, right? Uh, you know, we are humans. We adjust. Your family, our family, everybody, we all adjust. So for me, it was a way to stay in contact. I was traveling so much, by the way, during that. I thought I was going to die. I was traveling because we had just been named number one cigar of the year. Uh, we had our first uh, week of events, uh, first one in cigar aficionado at the Gran Havana room, uh, private dinner for all their members. And then we had, uh, we started uh, with uh, in, in South Florida, in Miami and every single day. And I had told my wife, forget about vacation, forget about anything. I'm going to be traveling the whole year. But God, God is a very funny God. And it's forget it. A week after that, Europe closes, thing closes, everything closes, and I'm here at home. What am I going to do? Uh, so, thing called social media, and I I was learning about it. I was uh, working a little bit, doing these things, and then I discovered the cigar groups, and I discovered all these things. And I say, this is it. This is the opportunity. And it opened up 
like you did. I started doing, I did a marathon, which I thought it was a marathon. Then then uh, I think uh, Fuentes did like a 24 hour. But we did seven hours. You were a show. You were a guest with at the show. And, uh, you know, we have Cigar Life in Facebook, one of the largest, 159,000 uh, members or people. Uh, we uh, we did this marathon seven hours. We used to do this Saturdays and Sundays and coffee and breakfast and, you know, whatever. And then all these things are from you as well with Jeff and, uh, and the Cigar Authority, Will Coop and all these things. And we found it's adjusting because at the end of the day, a, uh, you cannot let anything anything bring you down so we just have to evolve and i you know we evolve and we find out that you know i like to talk <laughs> we learned that we like to talk and it was great i haven't let you guys talk so you know trust me <laughs> we've talked enough <laughs> paul do we have did we we announced the winners during the show last week we announced the winners during the show and then uh alex sent me there was one winner for after the show that alex sent me that i haven't reached out to uh alex do you remember who that was off the top or oh it was marcus yeah, it was, right it was mawa mawa yeah but so everybody we, else was announced on the show so we do, do we get those packages out to them alex or no I we're gonna they're get i'm getting from, the information they're coming okay. straight from daniel oh that's right from daniel yeah, he okay. have to get the information to daniel he didn't send the they, stuff will, they will do it yep okay good good so uh rafael you know i watched a lot of what you did and I saw you playing a lot of piano, so I just got to ask, do you even own a violin still? Yes, I do. I do. I didn't I, see you playing it. Did I you ever suck, play it? I do suck. Uh, I do suck right now playing the violin, and it needs a lot of uh, a lot of practice. That's an instrument that it is a lot of practice. My fingers have grown so. Wow. <laughs> and, and as you know, because you're your daughter, you know, when you're studying, you put these little marks, right, with the first, the second, the third finger yep. close, and uh, separation for the first to the second, the, you know, half a step to the third. And, and your fingers, you know, by touch where they go. But then you start growing, and you start eating like me, and your fingers get so big. <laughs> I cannot put the finger where it is. So I cannot hold, I cannot push down one string for the so life. You need, like, special, you need, like, a viola or a cello. Seriously, or I could probably play maybe the big bass, four strings wide apart. But I cannot, I, I watch my daughter play and how she can hit one string so readily so fast it is mind-blowing so we're going to presume that your favorite instrument to play is the piano it is at the moment yes it is at and the what's moment. your favorite song to play on the piano oh Tim my G. god kimchi in taiwan wants to know well let me tell you for me it's memory from uh from cats wow it's the first uh look paul paul lit up man it struck home with paul yeah Broadway the first, the first oh, any any show. Broadway song yeah horrible right. horrible show but good music and Fantastic. great Paul oh, you saying cats is a horrible show cats is a well bad the cats show. and the thing and I saw it but you know that that memory da, 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 da. Paul Paul I just trying to cover his cat fetish that's all yes. I love that then I do the poopery I I start with that and mix it with uh with another of his son of Broadway show uh, um 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 uh, don't cry for me argentina which i also love i love a lot of broadway music and uh, things like that so those are those are two of my favorite mm -hmm. all time and then my own compositions um which you know i sound good because no one else can play it well no one else knows them so i i love my own composition which i do and you know i travel to places i write and i spend a lot of nights writing 
That's yeah, but memory is my my by all time get, favorite. We should get Paul to sing a couple a uh, couple lines of memory. No, I don't know. I that's a song I absolutely do not know. But listen, any any <laughs> day that uh, that Raphael needs a that Raphael needs a, a a singer for any of his uh, Broadway show tunes. Uh, if it's in my range, I'd jump in. Oh my god! At a time I, when I'm not when I don't have a sinus do. infection. I'm gonna bring the, the, to. the piano here. I I have it in my house. I'm staying at the apartment now. Uh, during the COVID uh, situation, I moved. I was a, you know I was afraid of the building, you know, elevators and things. So I moved to the to my house in Miami Lakes, which is used to be well. Actually, Nick Perdomo used to be my neighbor there. Now Nick Junior lives in that house, so we right across each other's house. And I have the piano there. And I during the pandemic, I got to play a lot. I, I'm bringing it to uh, to the apartment soon, and uh, one of these say we can do the show and uh, play. Awesome. We'll well, in, in traditional closing fashion, Raphael, we have a very special segment sponsored by Gurkha Cigars. We're going to ask you a couple questions, and we're going to see which you'd rather. One of my newest favorite intros. I wonder. I hope Juan never asked me for a royalty for that. I love those pictures, by the way. All right, we got three questions for you, Raphael. Uh, I'm going to start with the first one. You have to tell me which you would rather. If you can only play one instrument for the rest of your life, and I think we answered this one here, would you rather play the piano or the violin? Uh, that's by far the piano. You can do a lot more. You can improvise a lot more for me. And uh, you can create because the piano has both the harmony and the melody you can play together. Violin is mostly, yeah, you can do some harmony as well, but it's mostly the, the melody alone. So it's the piano by far. Okay, so here's the question I'm really going to enjoy. Because if even if you've watched yourself from the first KMA episode you've ever been on until now, You've become very more fashion oriented. You're much more snazzy. I mean, you were always very well dressed, but you've gotten way more snazzier. And some of the pictures of the food that you eat when you're traveling in Spain, epic. So here's a great question for you on would you rather. Would you rather have clothes from anywhere you want, but you can only eat fast food the rest of your life? Or would you rather eat food from anywhere, but you can only wear clothes bought at Walmart? Let me just tell you that no doubt the food being able to buy the food from nowhere the 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 clothes i always like fashion when i came from cuba i got i we went to buy clothes and i got two jackets <laughs> this kid from cuba in 1980 i got two jackets i always wear jacket i wear jacket to the office and tie every single day the difference is i started buying it first at jc penny then, wow, I moved to the men's warehouse. Like, oh, my God, I made it in life, right? And now I get uh, I get someone to make, a, a, you know, a tailor that goes to the office and used to, you know, make it for us. So Life is good. Decision. Yeah, so. And then the food. Listen, I love food. I love fast food. I love burger. I love pizza. I love all those things. But then I discovered, you know, the flavors. And just like the aroma, just like making cigars. And there's so much possibility. So I love by far. Even if I had to go to Walmart, which, by the way, I go with my kids. They love Walmart for some reason. And uh, my grandson also love it. 
food for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Wow. I'm with him on that one. Uh, and finally, would you rather go in the past and meet your ancestors or would you rather go in the future and meet your great-grandchildren? Wow, that is an interesting question because I love the history. I love the people that made me come to where I am today. You know, my parents, my grandparents. I believe right on family and where we are. I believe on DNA. I believe in the things that you have carried from, from uh, generation to generation. But I'm all about the future. I put my past like that and I all about the future. So yeah, this I will have to go to the to the future and meet what I am part of what I am creating. Although I will have lost to to meet the people that create or got me here, I I am all about the future. I love the opportunity to meet what I am trying to help uh, create. Yeah, the future for sure. How about you guys? That's a tough question. It is a tough question. I, I, I have to go future because I probably, if I did enough and, and spent the time, I can find information on my past and my ancestors. There's no way to do that for what's in the future. Right. I guess that's true. There's no chance of ever knowing about yeah, there's, the future. Right. Right. And something that you help yeah. create, by the way, you know, is you help True. create and and you shape not only with the DNA. Unless it doesn't look so good when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might not look too good. I mean, then you might be disappointed, but that's life. What about you, Abe? You didn't say. Because I know I you, you love the past and you love your. I think I would go in the past. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, a couple of reasons. Um, I, I, I'm a firm believer that you learn from history and I, I still have life to move forward. So love insights from people in the past and what got me here. And if I went into the future, honestly, and I knew what happened in the future, my grand great grandchildren, I, I would live in constant fear of decisions I would make moving Anything forward. You did you change? Yes. That. Yes. Right. If I saw something I didn't like, how do I change that? I think it would be too tormenting. At least going in the past, it's done. You can't change nothing. It's strictly informative. I think if I went even in the it, future. Even if it was you saw what you did like, now you still have that burden here. Is this, am I making the decision that may Absolutely. change that? Yeah. And I'm the type of guy that would think like that. I, I would go nuts. Every decision would end up being torture. Any major yeah. life decision would be torture. Am I making the right one? Is this what, you know, especially if it was something tragic, is this what led down that road? Maybe I should pick the All other right, one. No, right. maybe I thought I'd pick the other one. And I, you know, you, I'll go nuts. I would go batty. Right, before. right, right. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's hard. But uh, listen, uh, knowing what you are able to create, because, you know, listen, we work very hard. Uh, we we love our family. We dedicate some time, although, you know, depending, I was listening to to uh, to Alex that, you know, it takes a ride to Miami because of the kids. I have four kids. I've gone through that. It's, it's not easy. But you help shape a generation, right? You help them with your thinking. You're using what you got from your parents, from your grandparents and True. everything else. But I've been able to see what that continues to be in the future for me is uh, an amazing opportunity. These are great questions, guys. This is I feel like I'm in a in a, in a you know a TV show talking about psychology. Very good questions. Well, we like to, we like to mix it up here on KMA Talk Radio. Rafael, listen, thank you very much for taking part out of your Saturday morning to join us here with our fans. As always, the KMA Nation, the KMA Crew, we love you guys. We hope we entertained you. We enjoyed it. We spent a couple hours with us this morning and hopefully made you chuckle a little bit. Um, 
back next week. Our contributor, William Cooper, will be here, and we'll be back with Tale of the Tape uh, next week. Please follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook. We have uh, KMA, uh, Smoking Stars, and uh, if you want to enjoy a, a different kind of cigar group, very close to the culture and a lot of fun, check us out, Smoke In, uh, social Thank Next you, guys. Week. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Abe. And I appreciate it, guys. Remember to put, post those pictures, and I'll be sending. I'll be selecting three, three, and, and we'll be receiving, again, large, extra large, and two, two XL only. Guys, thank you very much. Try the the A. Shortman by A.J. Fernandez, our Alta, this releases, Monte Cristo, and all of the others. Thank you. Thank you all. There and you go. Beautiful. Next week, we have uh, next week, we have Danny Dickwich and Ariel, uh, uh, from La Serena Cigars. And I think we got a couple ancillary guests coming on next week, so it should be a packed show next week. Until then, everybody have a great weekend and keep it lit.